Amen. We're going. Here we go. <laughs> Good morning. This is Lighthouse Fellowship. My name is Jim Barcliffe, pastor here. We're glad you have joined us this, this, this morning, and we're glad uh, that you are uh, obviously listening. And we just believe God for great things in your life today. Uh, this is a very special day. Uh, continue to lift up those that are in need of healing and also those who are in harm's way. We plead the blood of Jesus around us and within us as a shield. We know that we put the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of our hearts, and uh, we pray that you would do that also today. Uh, this is a special day. Certainly, we want to uh, remember those fallen uh, soldiers and men and women who have given their lives for this country and remember them during this time. And I, I say happy Memorial Day. Certainly it is a, a happy time that we have freedom and people have uh, died for our freedom. They've also died that I can stand in the pulpit today and proclaim the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to just honor them today and, and pray for those families that are here, that many of them still uh, are alive, that have had loved ones that have gone on, that have had uh, people who have given their lives for our freedom in this country. We look back over the wars, and it's, uh, it's very intriguing in understanding uh, people who went out and sacrificed in the way that they did. Uh, it just uh, continues to be mind-boggling to me because of that. They set forth, and they said, this is what we're going to do, and many of them gave their lives as a result. So remember them as you're having the hot dogs, maybe hamburgers. I hope maybe we'll be able to get together as family. Uh, we know that the government is saying socially distance ourselves, certainly, uh, and, and we need to do that, but certainly we need to uh, uh, thank the Lord for this freedom that we have because of what others have done have gone before us. So a special time today. I want to thank the Lord. This is a special uh, day. I want to pray and, and uh, ask the Lord. This is uh, a message I think we need to hear. I think in it, is certainly a prophetic word for us, but also uh, in the sense of giving us direction, the gift of prophecy and the prophetic words that we sometimes hear that are placed on our hearts that really <clears throat> burden us and all. And this particular uh, word today uh, has given me great burden. But I want to tell you, it's, um, I, I love to preach the word of God. And so I just pray every person here would have an impartation of the word of what God is speaking to you at this particular time of your life, I believe that he is coming, he is doing great things in, in the earth today. And I believe that we're beginning to see this move of God's spirit. And although we see darkness rising, the Bible says that the light will rise up when that happens. And I just believe God's spirit is coming in like a flood. So certainly we know, need to ask him to continue. So let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you for this wonderful day you've given us. Thank you in the blessed name of Jesus. We honor you and we praise you. And Lord, today, this is a day we have come to worship. We've come, Lord, to hear the word of God. We've come to share our lives together. And Lord, we know we'll never be the same because, Lord, your spirit is working in such powerful ways. And so, Holy Spirit of God, we ask you to come. We have invited you. We offer ourselves to you this day. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and manifest your presence in this place. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and reveal Jesus in the hearts of each and every person here today. Thank you for your healing, your power in our lives. 
and your presence always. And so, Lord, as these things that are happening in our nation today and around the world, we believe that, dear God, you're up to great things. And we want to be a part of it here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We ask you, Lord, today that you would give us grace, that we would enter into the things of God in a depth that we've never been in before. Because we know, Lord, you're doing that. So, Father, bring us into that relationship, that that intimacy with you. And dear God, today, let us have that, that communion and richness of our relationship with you, dear Lord. And may we be changed forever. We love you. We praise you. May you speak, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. How do you cope with change? You know, the old expression is things they are changing, right? How do you cope with change? How many of you know that that everything around us seems to be changing, amen? Since the first of the year, we can name, of course, not just the coronavirus, but so many things are changing. We're having to change our lifestyles. We're having to change everything about it. So how do we cope with change? Because I believe that things are changing very rapidly. And our scripture today is from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. And it's talking about the life of Abraham. And I believe, obviously, as we walk with the Lord, we can see here the parallelism as we walk and step out in faith and believe God to do great things. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4 in the NIV, it reads, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. And I will make you a great na- into you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was, listen to this, was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. His, he took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and, and they arrived there. Why is it that we resist change? What is it about change? Abraham was 75 years old here, folks. He was not a young guy. And so change for us, as I get older, it seems to me, it's very difficult for me sometimes to adapt to change. You know, the older you get, it talks about that. It's hard. I want things to be comfortable. I want status quo. I want to kind of hang around those things that are familiar. But everything's changing. Everything is changing. Why is that? Why does God just change everything in our lives? And, and, and sometimes it just seems like they're topsy-turvy, don't they? Things like everything is chaotic and everything is tumult uh, and everything's going in a different, wrong direction. And this man here, listen to this. <clears throat> this man's name is Machiavelli. And uh, he wrote this in 1515. And he says this, There is nothing more difficult to take in hand, more perilous to conduct, are more uncertain in its success than to take the lead in the introduction of a new order of things. Because the innovator has for enemies all those who have done well under the old conditions and lukewarm defenders and those may, who may do well under the new. He's saying, you try to change things and I want to tell you, you're going to have opposition. You're going to have people that will oppose you. And even those who want to get on board with you in these changes that maybe you're the innovator of, as he uses this word, they're kind of lukewarm about it. 
they're not real sure if they want change. That's how severe this is. So why is it that we resist change? Why is that? Why do we fear and resist change? And so I want to look at it in the sense of how does our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ enable us to survive change and also to survive this change with joy? Think about it. Man, I'm going to carry it further. I'm going to say, how do we survive and go through this change with joy? Now, we're not just made to walk here on this earth and survive. We've been called to thrive. Amen? We have been called to thrive. We're not here just sort of mumbling through life. We're here to walk with enthusiasm, with zip in our step as it may be, because we are children of the King. Why is it that change sort of puts a damper on that? And according to Machiavelli, he's saying here, you're going to get opposition, and you're also, you're not going to probably have a lot of followers. Not a lot of people going to go along with you when there's change. But I want to introduce something to you today because I believe it's so important as God's people today. And you're sitting here today because I believe God has obviously drawn you, brought you here. You want to hear a word from the Lord? And I just believe there's something very special in the lives of, of God's children today that's taking place. You know, I want to see this here in Abraham. Abraham, he was called at 75 years old to leave his familiar, to leave his home in Haran and go into Canaan. So he didn't know where he was going. In fact, the Bible says he didn't know where he was really going. God had given him a, a vision and maybe uh, you know, spoke to him and said, get up and go. And what did he do? He got up and went. And I want to just encourage you, when God tells you get up and go, then you get up and go, okay? When God calls us, then we need to step out in faith, but we stand back and hold back for different reasons. Why? Many times it's because we don't like the change that it may introduce, the things that we see happening today. So why is it so hard? I want to suggest to you a couple things today because it involves leaving. You got to leave things. Abraham had to leave. It's actually his family, extended family. And once he left, he knew he was gone forever. In other words, the old order of things were gone for good. You know, it's kind of like when you were saved. And uh, you, I mean, first of all, you're kind of on a spiritual high because you're like, man, God saved me and, and delivered me. And, and here we go. This is so enthusiastic. And next thing you know it, the devil hits you. I mean, he comes on hard, doesn't he? And you start getting hit and plummeted by, by the enemy of your souls. And what sometimes you think, well, my, did I sign up for this? And you want to kind of backtrack. But you see, here, when you step out in faith, like you can't go back. You have to keep pressing in. You have to keep going forward and what God has called you to do because change involves leaving something. The familiar, the comfortable places that we've been in. Change is that. Now, I don't know about you, all these changes, you know, I'm used to getting out. I'm a person that gets out and I just go out. I'll just get out of the house and do different things and and all, and go to different places and all. I'm just a person like that. I get out like that. But this coronavirus where they said, you know, the stay-at-home order and all, it sort of kind of put a damper on my lifestyle. I don't know about you. You know, I want to be able to go when I want to go, okay? And, and yet this change has sort of put a damper upon the way I've lived my life. And maybe it has with you too. But you see here is that change involved leaving something. You got to leave something behind. I want to bring the kind of a parallel aspect here as far as the church is concerned. The church is changing. 
the church is saying to you. When I say the things I'm going to say today, I want to make sure and make myself clear that I'm not talking about compromising the word of, of the gospel, the word of God. I'm not talking about that at all. But the church is changing, folks. The music's changing, right? You seen it? The music's changing. You know, sometimes we can say, young people don't speak the same language we speak. They speak a different language, don't they? You got to talk to them differently. Like, and you're like, what'd you say? They use phrases. I'm like, I have to go back and Cindy and I have to converse and say, what did they say? What was that? You know, they speak a different language. You got to talk to them. You got to get where they are and understand what they like and what they don't like and how they communicate and how they listen. You have to do that. That's changing out there. You see, the church is changing here. We're live streaming this morning. We have YouTube. We have Facebook. We have certainly out there is Twitter that's out there. All of this stuff. And all of this is changing in the way that we can proclaim the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's changing, isn't it? It's changing. Who would ever think we'd be doing this? Some of the more uh, technological churches and all big churches and all they they would have all of this technology to do that but here we've brought it in here in our church live streaming the church is changing social media that's out there today and the way people communicate over social media when you hear somebody wants to shut down what somebody is saying most of the time they refer to social media it's changing out there isn't it and obviously we're obviously I believe in the way we see church, because we haven't been able to be here for a couple months, is we see the church not just within these four walls, but we see the church is within us. We can get in our living room and get quiet, or our kitchen, or wherever it is that you get quiet, and you can pray, and you can read the Word of God, and you can intercede for people. You can pray. You can, you can get into what God is doing today. And we see that it's not just in the four walls. But I do want to say this, is that I believe it is so important that we come together corporately. Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together like some people have. He said, but encourage each other on a regular basis as you see the day approaching and the word day the d is in a big capital letter he's talking about that we need to encourage one another and we need to have relationship with one another but it's changing we see it's different out here i want to also mention here the change that i'm seeing and i believe it's pointing to revival and that is is that the walls are coming down walls are coming down Pastors of all denominations and non-denominations are getting together and praying on a regular basis, consistently. People, pastors, and people of Pentecostal backgrounds and more traditional backgrounds are getting together and helping one another and praying with one another. And let me tell you, just a few years ago, that would have been unheard of. You wouldn't have had that. What's God doing? He's changing things, isn't he? He's making changes throughout the world. The Bible says in John 17, when Jesus is pray, praying his prayer, and actually the Lord's prayer is John 17. And he says, Father, may they be one as we are one. He's saying, may they be one here. That Just like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. Let us be one in unity. You see, when you see unity in the body of Christ, there's something big happening in the kingdom of heaven. Amen? 
Something is happening in the kingdom of God. Something is happening today. Jesus has prayed this prayer. And I know and you know Jesus' prayers are answered. They are answered and they're being answered here. You see, I believe the church has got to change. I believe the Holy Spirit, Spirit is bringing about changes. I believe that we have the change here. And again, I, I want to phrase this, never compromising the Word of God. But there are changes that are happening. Okay? God is rooting us out of our comfort zone. And just like Abraham, he came 75, and God spoke to him and said, get up and move. Get up and move now. And what did he do? He got up and moved. He left there. The geographical area that he had been at in all, all of his life there. Think about that today. You know, again, he's 75. We know that uh, things began to happen, but, but Abraham walked by faith and, you know, he passed most of the tests that God gave him because God tested him along the way. But uh, God had his man. God used him. And I want to be used by him, don't you? I want to be used by God. I want, I, I tell the Lord, Lord, use me for your highest purposes. I want to be used by the Lord. And I know you do too. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. You know, I, I just want you alone is all I want. And that's the prayer that I pray. And I know you do also. You see, in short, Abraham's leaving was a complete, was as complete as it possibly could have been. He left. It involved leaving something. You gotta leave something. You gotta leave the familiar there, here. There's a loss that takes place. And any loss that you have experienced, whatever it may be, and it may be health, it may be the fact you've retired, or whatever it may be, it doesn't make any difference. Any loss creates that conflict about that change that we're like, man, I, I just want to kind of, you know, lay back in my lazy boy and get comfortable. And some reason, that doesn't seem to happen very often. I don't know about y'all, but something's going on where I get up, you know, and I've got to, I've got to get do, doing something. I've got to do that, don't you? You see, you see, when you move or when you lose your job or when you change jobs, all these things are part of it, every part of it, any kind of change and that involves leaving something behind. That's change that presents a challenge for us. Okay, the second reason why change is hard is that it involves risk uncertainty and fear. Risk, right? It involves risk. And the kingdom of God, you see, and you, when you're being obedient, it really isn't in that sense risk because you have the surety that your God will come through for you. Have you been meditating on the promises of God lately? I have. And I'm seeing these promises of God coming true. Amen? But anytime you step out, it's risk, and you know, I spell faith, R-I-S-K. Risk. Step out when you hear God, and He changes you as a result of that. And you know, a lot of times, changes seem to, to launch us out into an uncertain future. And we're not just like fearful. Man, fear comes in, because change, my goodness, can I just sit down for a while? Can I do it? But you can't. You got to get up. You got to do something. Because God has spoken. God is moving. Amen? You see, again, R-I-S-K. You know, is, that's the word. That's how you spell it. You risk. You step, step out here. No matter what it is. You know, challenges and losses that we have or changes in our family structure or maybe some things that we feel like are gone 
forever and they're not coming back? Those changes present challenges to us. I heard a lady on the Today Show uh, this past week, and they were talking about how they would uh, spend their Memorial Day weekend, the changes that they would have because, you know, they're going, well, we can't go to this beach, we can't do that, and, and we got to kind of stay away from one another, and, you know, you got to do this. And so they were having to make all these changes and, and making, uh, they were adapting to what was going on. And you could tell that they were being challenged, that it wasn't exactly the optimum for them because they had always gotten together in the same way. And tradition plays an important role in the family, amen, in our society. These, these traditions have been disrupted. There's changes that are going on, changes in everything today. And so they were talking about that and you know, then they were talking about the church. How are we going to meet together? How are churches going to meet together? The real large churches, how, how are they doing it? How's Lakewood doing it? How's some of the other big churches, Second Baptist and all? I don't know how they're doing it, but I know one thing. They're eager to get back into church, aren't they? But there are changes. They're having to adapt to those changes, certainly here. Let me read to you a couple of quotes about change that I pulled up. It's only after you've stepped outside of your comfort zone that you begin to change, grow, and transform. Let me read it again. It's only after you've stepped outside of your comfort zone that you begin to change, grow, and transform. And that's written by a man named Roy T. Bennett. Another quote. We can't be afraid of change. You may feel very secure in the pond that you're in. But if you never venture out of it, you will never know there is such a thing as an ocean, a sea. Holding on to something that is good for you now may be the very reason why you don't have something better. By a man, let me see, Joseph. You may believe the, the pond you're in now, little pond. Man, I'm safe. I got my little rowboat here. You know, I can sit in this. But until you venture out, you know, Peter got out of the boat, didn't he? He walked on water. He got out of the boat. He risked. And what happened was he walked on water. Now, this is not just a fairy tale, folks. This is what happened. Peter walked on water. And he began, obviously, to doubt and look at the waves, and certainly. And he began to, to sink. But Jesus came over, picked him back up. And he just said, talked about faith. He didn't reprimand him. He said, just believe me. Trust me. Know that I'm going to change you. Your life is changing. You can't stay the same as a Christian. We're being molded into the image of Jesus Christ, according to Romans chapter 8. Until we change, he says, you may not even realize when you get there how much you missed out on. You see here, the last quote is, to improve is to change. To be perfect is to change often. <laughs> I know you won't change him, you're talking about it and all that, but maybe just a little bit of change, but according to this, is saying here that if you really want, you've got to change often. Change has got to be a part of our lives, certainly here. So what changes are you facing today? What uncertainties and fears do you face? What is it that's going on? What Do you, do you realize that you know, you're looking and going, what does life hold for me now? I'm even more restricted than I was before because of maybe some, some health challenges and so forth. What does life hold for me at this time? And so how can we thrive in the midst of change here? Remember, first of all, 
It's just temporary. This whole world is fading away. We're just pilgrims going through this life. We're just sojourners. We're on a path. We're headed to heaven. Amen. We are going to heaven. This is just temporary stuff. So why do we want to stay the same? Why is it we want that? You see, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went. And even though he didn't know where he was going, by faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Why? For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Hallelujah. He was looking forward to it. We keep our eyes on these temporary things too much and we forget to look at the eternal aspect of life. And that's what Abraham, Abraham looked. He was looking. He knew God had a place built for him. And we have the same promise. The children of the king here. So, you know, if they'd been thinking of the country that they left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing, what? For a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, the Bible says, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. You and me, he's prepared a city for you and me. Now, that's good news, let me tell you. That'll get me going. And I can preach this stuff, right? I can preach this. Because I'm talking about the city that God has prepared for us. One day we'll be there. We kind of, you know, Abraham kind of got a glimpse. And it's all it took. But you see, our salvation is a real, uh, I know what God has planned for me. And I know that Jesus Christ died for me in my heart of hearts. And I have the Word of God. And every promise in the Word of God will be complete the day of His coming. And I know those things are true. I know He's got a city built for me. How about you? I know that. And so that's why I can, ha- I can go through these changes. I can, I can make these. I can adapt the changes here. You see, in 2 Peter chapter 3, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought we to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. As you look forward to the day of of God and speed, it's coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with His promise, We are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. He's saying here, how how do we live now? We need to live holy and godly lives. We need to live according to His Word. And when we stumble and fall, we need to confess our sins to Him and get back up and keep on walking. We don't listen to the devil telling us to get back down. Where we belong, we get back up and we walk towards our Father who is loving and kind and tender, and full of mercy, and all of those things, you see. We can change, can't we? We're changing. There are changes being made here. You see, we won't have any loss there. We won't have any of those things to go, no more coronavirus. No more of all this mess we see. No more Hurricane Harveys. Thank you, Lord. We're sending and I, we flooded. No more of those things. 
Every time it rains now and starts to pour, people look and go, oh my goodness, are we going to flood again and so forth. No more PTSD. No more of any of this. We'll be home. That's why we can have change now. Because God is on the move. God is doing things today. Powerful. I want to be a part of it. And I know you do also, you see. 1 Peter chapter 1 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you and me. We have an inheritance. Amen. Don't look for the inheritance of people who you love and maybe leave you something here on this earth. Look for your inheritance in heaven. Work as unto the Lord. We don't work for our salvation. We talked about it here several weeks ago about grace. But we work because we are saved. We work and serve the Lord. Amen? We work and serve the Lord. So the second thing here is how we can thrive through this time is is God doesn't change. Isn't it good that God doesn't change? He's the same. Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He never changes. That's the wonderful thing. And I've been talking about the phileo love of God, of the Father, right? And you've noticed I, I love that. I, I just love the teaching of a pastor friend of mine has been doing it, and, and I've been kind of spinning off of it too because it speaks to my heart. The phileo love of the Father is experiential. And that is when God touches you in the depths of your heart and His tenderness and His love and His kindness towards you. The agape love is the knowledge that, yes, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But the phileo love of the Father is a love that's deep. It's a deep fellowship. It's a deep intimacy. And that's what God is doing. And so I've encouraged you all through the messages and teachings to encourage you to ask the Lord for a phileo encounter with the Father. And He will give you an encounter. He will, I want to tell you. He'll touch you in your depth to where you know that you're a child of God. Because until you have these phileo encounters, until you know that God loves you, I mean experientially, I'm not talking about just doctrine, because the church has really taught good doctrine, and that's what we've learned in the Western church today, but I'm telling you, it's through experience of knowing that God loves you. We don't throw experience out. There's the both, there's the doctrine, and there's the experience of knowing in your heart of hearts when, you know, I talked about a couple weeks ago there where we were in uh, uh, Olive Garden and my son-in-law uh, and my, my grandson were sitting on the other side of the table and, and Cindy and I had kept our, our grandson the night before and, of course, brought him back to his family and, and all. And his father's over there just kissing him all over his head, just kissing him and, and talking to him over there. I'm going, what are they saying? He's just talking real close and kissing him all over and all that. So I said, is he ever going to stop kissing him? You see, that's the way our Father is with us. Amen? And we get down there. He's like, he's just talking to you and me. He's down there whispering in our hearts that you're my child in whom I'm well pleased. Like he spoke to Jesus. You're my child. I love you. I never stop loving you. I'm going to take care of you. Whether coronavirus or anything that happens to you, I'm going to take care of you. Because that's who I am. And that's the reason I sent my son to die for your sins. That we could have a relationship with the Father throughout eternity. It's an intimacy. 
Old saints call it communion. You've heard it. We have communion when we come in and we have the elements, and that's certainly that form of communion. But communion, but communion down in our hearts with the Holy Spirit of God. That we go that. You see, you want to have the security of knowing you're a child of God? Ask the Lord, Lord, I want a phileo encounter with you, Father. I want to know down in my heart that you love me. It's the greatest blessing. I've had some real mountaintop experiences with the Lord. I've been touched by him. I've had, I've seen the power of God. I've, I've felt and sensed the glory of God. And then I've had other times when it was just in that stillness of a moment of those encounters with the Lord. At various times, I can look back over my life and still. But you see, I want to just today say something. We should be having those encounters on a regular basis. That should be going on with you and me. And God is bringing that about because I want that intimacy with my Father like I never had before. You see, there's so much more to God than you ever, ever would imagine. You get done, there's no limit to God, amen? He says, if you search for me with all your heart, then, then I shall be found by you. When we search after you, you know, call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things that you could never imagine. That's our God. So there are great things that God's doing in the earth today. He says he doesn't change. So why should I expect that? Hey, Lord, maybe it was for a previous generation. I mean, they seem to be a little bit more obedient to you than we were. No, no, it's all grace. Remember, it's under the blood. The unmerited, unlimited forgiveness and blood of the Lamb who, who takes away the sins of the world. Past, present, and future. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah chapter 54 says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord. If everything around you is shaken, my covenant of love for you never changes. Hallelujah. That's great news, church. That's wonderful news. And then in Psalm 46, 1 through 3, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Can you imagine mountains falling into the heart of the sea? That would be pretty catastrophic, wouldn't it? That would be pretty amazing, eye-opening. But he said, even if that happens, he said, he is our refuge and our strength, and ever help, present help in our time of trouble. That's why we seek Him. That's why when you have an issue, you run to Him. You know, counselors are good. We pray. We need to pray. But you know who your answer is? Who's your answer is? It's Jesus. Run to Jesus. Run to Him. All right. Prophetically, this is what I believe God's doing. God is bringing about changes in our lives and in the church today. What is he doing? I believe that he's making new wine. Making some new wine, okay? And I want to read from Matthew chapter 9. I sing a song about this all the time. And, and I ask God, what's he, what are you doing? And then, bam, he gives me some things that I believe in confirmation of what he's doing. Look at Matthew chapter 9. Verses 16 and 17. 
No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and are both are preserved. He's making new wine. You see. But there's some old wineskins. And what does that mean? That means we're not flexible. We're not willing to do what God tells us to do. Why? Because maybe we've done it this way all of our lives and God is saying, I'm doing a new thing in your life. I want to do this in your life, but somehow we're not flexible. So what's he say? He's got to make those old wineskins like you and me pliable to receive what? The new wine. The new wine is symbolic of renewal, of revival, of an awakening. The church has the change. We have the change. And what? We are the church. I have to change. Not compromising the gospel. Not at all. We got to go. What did the people do when they were in the desert They had just left captivity, symbolic of being delivered from bondage. Certainly they were. And when the cloud by day moved, what did they do? They picked up and moved. And when the fire moved by night, what did they do? They picked up and moved. God's moving. He's making new wine for you and me. And that song uses the words, in the crushing and in the pressing, and the breaking of new ground. You know, grapes, when they're making the new wine, they step on the grapes, and they crush them, and they press them, and all. And here comes the new wine. And and in those hardships, in the times when our health is not up to what we thought it would be at our age, in the time where maybe our future doesn't look quite as bright as it has been, in our time when a virus comes out of the clear blue and we can't do the things that we once did, in a time when everything around us is being shaken today, it's in the crushing, in the pressing. He's bringing forth new wine, folks. He's making something beautiful out of you and me. But it's in the hardships. It's in the real challenges, the pressing and the crushing. And and I don't like that. That's tough. That's hard. But you see, my dislike of that is overridden by my desire to be all that God has called me to be. You see, he's pouring that new wine out today. And that new wine, remember, is symbolic of renewal, revival, awakening. He's doing it across his land. You know, Jesus, when he walked with the Pharisees and was teaching and so forth, Jesus was way too radical for the Pharisees. Why was that? Because he upset their status quo. He upset their status quo. You see, we stay the same and we get stagnant. And we get, those wineskins get brittle and get hardened. It says here, you don't want to pour that new wine into those old wineskins. We've got to be open to what God's doing in the earth today. He's speaking. Are we listening? He's pouring His Spirit out here 
and, and basically Jesus was saying a new way of living. And obviously Jesus is saying that the new and the old are not in agreement. He's doing a new thing. Never compromising the gospel. Don't, don't ever get me wrong what I'm saying. I preach the word and I believe this word is inerrant and the infallible word inspired by the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you today, there's some changes going to take place in the church because he's pouring that new wine out. If anybody wants to get ready, then, then ask God to make you flexible for this renewal that's going to take place. These, these things happening today. The power of God coming because we need his power. And where there's power, there's freedom because the kingdom is here. People need the Lord. Now, I don't know how many more years we have, but I know one thing, God is going to do it if we're willing to change. Changing the music, changing the, all this stuff going on and all that. We don't change to be changing just for change's sake. I don't do that. But when the fire moves by night and the cloud by day, I want to be ready to move. How about you? Change us, Lord. Change us. We get in that pond and we think, hey, this little pond, and what we're doing is taking our little rowboat and just going in circles, right? You feel like you're going in circles? Then get out of that pond and get into the ocean. Step out in faith when God calls us to do whatever He's calling us to do. I believe this, that we're in a new era. I know we're in a new decade where 2020 is starting then, and I think that's significant, but I believe we're in a new era of the move of the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. I believe that we're seeing it. I believe that we'll see even greater things happen today. Jesus tells us in these times to have your eyes open, be ready, because people need the Lord. I don't need to just go through here. You know, I love you guys. And I know, you know, y'all are so encouraging and all that. But I want people, I mean, in this community, in this city and over this nation come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That people come to the Lord and give their hearts to the Lord and be radically saved by an encounter with the Holy Spirit of God revealing Jesus to their hearts and revealing their need for salvation today. That's what I want. What's happening? This new wine is being poured out. It's renewal. I'm telling you, it's good. It's good, let me tell you. Remember when Jesus there, the first miracle he, he had at Cana? And he made that. He, he went over and they said, hey, you know, usually they, they leave this wine for the, la for the best, the last, you know, and all that. He said, no, let's, let's drink it. Let's drink this wine. This is good. Jesus is making new wine. And he's doing it in your life and my life. And it's really good. Be ready and be attuned for more to come in the future. God's speaking. And there are things that God is beginning to prepare us for in that in uh, preparation for God's Spirit to move in our hearts across this land. Amen. Pray for, keep praying. Don't give up. Keep pressing in. Don't back down. Don't settle for the status quo. <laughs> this is it. I'm on my way to heaven. I got my ticket. When I get when the train comes, I give it to the to the conductor there. Get on. No. Each one of us, we're gonna play a role in this if you're wanting to. 
And God's going to move. Amen. He is moving. And we give Him the praise. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your attention today. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you for what you're doing in the earth today. And we thank you, Lord, today for what you have done and you will do. So, Lord, we ask you to prepare us. We ask you, Lord, today, make us flexible in the wineskins because you're pouring the new wine out. And we ask you, Lord, to get ready for great and mighty things that we could never, ever imagine because that's who you are. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, he says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. And that new thing is revival. That new thing is pouring your spirit out, dear God, across this land. And we ask you, because Lord, we're right now in desperate need of you because, Lord, you're the only answer. A reform of any kind will not make it. You're the one we need, Lord. Come and touch us. For every person here, Lord, let them encounter the phileo love of the Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise you and we thank you. And we pray these things today in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. I pray that you'll join us next week. Uh, I just believe God's got a lot to say, and I pray that we can share it with you next week. Listen to the Lord. Be obedient. Continue to surrender your life to the Lord. He's up to great things. Have a blessed week. Amen.